and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button. Thanks so much for listening. I've been leading and working here for almost 11 years at Lighthouse. And yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, some of you sound quite surprised, actually, and uh, yeah, no one's more surprised than I am, but uh, you know, actually, one of the most common threads of feedback that I get about this church from other people, uh, there's like, just a, like a theme that always seems to rise to the top when people talk about the people in this church, and when I say people give me this feedback, I'm talking people that have been here Uh, in our gatherings for over 30 years. I'm talking about people that have been here less than a year. They give this same sort of feedback as well. Uh, People that come for one service, maybe from overseas or a visiting or guest preacher or maybe someone that you've brought along on Christmas or Easter or any of those other times. Or even the same feedback is given from people that are far from faith in our community, but they've had interaction through people here at Lighthouse, you might be thinking, well, that's our, it, it must be our sort of community bent or our engagement style, and that's always rates fairly highly on the feedback, uh, and we should be very proud of that. But did you know that most people say that this place is a place and the people here are people that are authentic, that they are genuine, their faith seems to be quite genuine to them, that this place you, this is what people say about you, uh, this place is full of real people. An amazing thought, isn't it, that you are real. I'm not sure what people are experiencing elsewhere, uh, but you are real. And someone said to me two weeks ago when they were here, it was their first gathering ever, it just seems like there's a salt of the earth type of feel. Let me remind you what that is. That is the people here, you are unpretentious, friendly, straightforward, honest, hardworking, dependable, genuine in what you do. And that's what, are you happy with that? That's what people are saying about you. Are you happy? Are you happy to take that? Anyone disagree with that? Uh, this place, real people, authentic, faith is genuine. I think if we boiled it down, it's probably the reason many of, of us are here, because we like that, don't we? But also, can I remind you that not only uh, can we enjoy that by being here, we actually help contribute to that. We create that when we gather together. And I want to remind us that when we live our faith from a place like this, it is refreshing for other people. It is refreshing. What you have is refreshing. Romans chapter 15, 32, the Apostle Paul saying this, he says, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. I want to remind you this morning that Uh, When people are in your company, it is refreshing. And the longer I lead, I'm convinced that there is a unique grace on this church to be like this. You know, I think every church uh, should have as their mission statement, I'm not talking vision statement, I'm talking higher than a mission. Every church really should just, mission statement really should just be the same, the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. It's a great commission. I think every church should have that, and I believe most probably would. And it's certainly ours here as well. But then within the Great Commission, do you know that I believe that God actually gives a great permission for churches to outwork visions in unique ways with different styles and letting different things emerge in a way that actually inspires a community that they find themselves, that church find themselves in. 
And with unique visions, different ways to carry this out, I want to encourage you that our unique vision, we carry that out together. I think when people are genuine in their faith, I actually believe that God moves. So often we can ask God, God, would you start moving in my life? But I actually believe we should be thanking God that he already is. And I want to encourage you this morning that this year, uh, as other years as well, but it just seems to be more evident to me this year, I can see God moving in so many amazing ways in this church that we can be thanking God for. And I think that's really really powerful. I've had something I just keep saying, I know probably to death from this stage, but also in my own mind, I want to keep declaring it over this church. And that is that uh, God is strengthening this church from the inside out this year. And I think the order, I think the order is important. And I want to encourage us, that's what we have. Because you know what? The future both uh, excites me and, and scares me a little bit. Is that like you? Like it excites you, but then you're like, oh, what's coming up here? You know? Uh, But I'm choosing, actually, uh, with that excitement and also a bit of fear to have faith, admit some fears. I have, uh, that we have, I'm choosing to believe through faith that we have what it takes through with God to help this community change for the better, to help transform our community. And I think it's time to keep pushing out, lean into our strengths, be courageous, adventurous, joy-filled. This is not a time to pull back and settle. I don't believe we can do that. And this unique gift of real people. I want to just take some time to dig into it today as a way of an intro into a series that multiple speakers and even people within our congregation will take hold of over the, first, over the next four to five weeks that I'm really excited about. But the first reason I think uh, we should take some time to dig into this real people thought is we can forget sometimes what we have. It's easy to forget that if something is a gift, Uh, or something just kind of comes maybe naturally to us, or even as a group of people, or even as yourself personally, we can forget the power that that has. And I believe actually to steward any gift, it's important to take time to look at it, think about it, and also be able to do that better. But the second reason uh, we want to dig into this, and I think this is the most important reason, that is that this real people, authenticity, people living faith in a genuine way is what Australians need. It's what Australians need. And I've got some research, even if you don't believe me, that backs this up. Australians are looking for something to grab hold of, aren't they? Not flimsy. Not here one day and gone the next. Australians are tired of flaky, like puffs of smoke, like, oh, where'd that go? I thought we were onto this, now we're onto something else. Australians get disappointed when someone is not who they say they are. Uh, And we're all Australians too, so we feel disappointed if something doesn't quite turn out how we thought. And that's why authenticity is so important. It kind of reminds me of a time that uh, Talia and I were travelling uh, overseas. We are on a European vacay uh, about 15 years ago. In fact, we were living uh, in, in Europe for a couple of years. And we took a trip to Turkey and we're going on this, uh, we, we toured Turkey for a week or so. And I came across this shop uh, of a photo of someone selling watches. And so I was going to just chuck it up there. And uh, it says, genuine fake watches. I loved it. I loved it. So authentic, isn't it? Because I just, I don't even mind if people are pretending in life, as long as they're telling me they're pretending, right? I don't don't mind if people are acting, as long as they're telling me they're acting. I don't mind if someone's being fake, as long as they're going to be authentically fake. And uh, I thought, good on this guy. I went and bought a watch and... uh, and it, he was authentic. That watch lasted about five hours. And, uh, 
But I think that, you know, I just think we should just buy more genuine fake watches because styles change so quickly anyway, so. <laughs> I said there was a recent study about uh, faith in Australia and what actually attracts Australians to faith and also what repels Australians to faith. And I'm not saying uh, we need to read into this too much, but I also believe there's something in it that I think is important for all of us to understand, particularly when it comes down to the fact that if you're a genuine, real person of faith, I want to remind you that you are what Australians need. And uh, McCrindle put together this study about the top attractors to faith, what attracts people to faith. We want to attract people to faith, don't we? We want faith. We know the importance of it is in our own life, many of you here. Maybe some of you don't understand that yet and you're on that journey. And I say, so brave for being here. But something has attracted you here today to be a part of that. And I reckon it's one of those top reasons. But then there's some things that can repel people to faith. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying they have a place when it comes to how we use them as well. But the top attractions, attractors to religion and spirituality, number one is that seeing people who live out a genuine faith. Seeing people who live out a genuine faith with somebody that you know is the top attraction to people who aren't of faith to faith. The other one I think is linked to these, experiencing a personal trauma or life event. When you're going through something in life, and I know many people have here or are right now, when you're going through something, you've got a downward spiral going on, you are just looking for something to grab hold of. And it should be, uh, to, it should be no surprise to us because when we grab hold of a lot of things, they kind of, again, fall flat or fall flimsy. But faith, we know, stands strong. Faith, we know, has uh, something we can hope in all the time. And particularly if people are supported by an authentic person of faith through this personal traumatic event is also a great attractor to faith. And stories or testimonies from people who have changed due to their faith, again, is a top attractor. The other, I think there's something telling about the, the, the repellence to faith. And because these other things uh, sometimes, I'm not saying all the times, but in Christian culture, uh, we can sometimes over-celebrate these things. And we think these things are the answer, but actually Australians are saying, well, they're not as much as you might think that they are. Number three, repellent to faith, is a philosophical discussion and debating ideas. How often have we thought, if I just get the right answer for somebody, or if they could just watch this like YouTube clip of like a Baptist and an Anglican going at it, they're going to like, they're going to, this is going to help. A lot, whereas maybe Australians, I don't know, I'm, uh, I find those things helpful, but maybe other Australians are just sitting back thinking, would you guys just work it out between yourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Number two is miraculous stories. Now, miraculous stories are important. We've, Andy said it already, we believe in miracles here. I've seen them in my own life. I've seen them in other people's lives. But again, without relationship, just uh, hearing another person's miraculous story or bringing someone to uh, an event like this and hearing someone's story that they don't know, what do you think other people might be thinking? They're probably thinking, well, oh, it's, yeah, it's good for you, mate. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, those types of sort of cynical things. And the other thing we think, uh, just really, we think this is going to take faith forward in leaps and bounds, is when a celebrity professes their Christian faith. Uh, but actually, that's the top propellant uh, for Australians. So when Justin Bieber went to a Christian music conference and professed his faith, and, and I was thinking, oh, one post from that guy is just going to solve heaps of... It's gonna, this is going to solve heaps of things. Actually, that's one of the things that people say is one of the greatest turn-offs in Australia. Maybe not in other countries. I'm not going to suggest which ones. But I also think... 
But I also think um, it doesn't mean that people like that, athletes, sports stars, that's an athlete, uh, musicians, politicians, it doesn't mean they have influence they also need to steward. And I'm not saying that's not important, but if we think, and what they're actually saying, let me give you an executive summary because I know that's what you've come for today. <laughs> Australians are saying don't outsource us to mass events, miraculous stories and celebrity culture. What Australians are saying, I kind of read between the lines here, is would you please disciple us? I'm craving someone to live stream, because that's when we say discipleship, we say live stream. Uh, I'm craving someone to live stream uh, to me. And we can often get caught, can't we? Like, I can get really nervous about, oh, I've got to disciple people this week, and I've got to make sure I'm a person of faith, and and make a difference in their world. And we can just feel like, oh, I've got to do this right because otherwise, you know, they're going to not be my friend anymore. But the other way to look at that is you're doing your mate a favour when you actually live like that. And I want to encourage us to reframe a little bit on how we do that. Real people. That's the name of the series if you Oh, there it is. If you haven't got it so far. I mean, look at you. Genuine, not fake. You're the real deal. Now, authenticity shouldn't be confused with perfection. I know many of you might know this, but the Bible actually refers to us as fragile jars of clay. So we know we're human, but there's actually a great power within us that is, I believe, evident. I kind of imagine that jar of clay like it's got some cracks in it. It's got some imperfections in it. And actually, God's glory is like seen through the cracks, not the perfection part. So I want to encourage you that uh, God's power is evident through our cracks, not our perfections. You see, it says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 to 8. We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves, because we go through difficult times. We're pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. You would know this just as well as I do. Sometimes this strength and hope that we find in faith is the only thing holding us together. And maybe some of us here even you know, at, at kind of like a rock bottom stage. And I want to encourage you to keep holding on to that faith because genuine things are tested and they are still standing. And we can remind us, I want to remind you today that you are fragile, but you are powerful. And I want to remind you that this power comes from God. If you've ever spoken to someone and they don't think too much about what they do, they kind of have this very modest uh, type of uh, sentence that prefaces what they do in life. And they say, oh, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a tradie. Or, oh, I'm just, I'm just a teacher. Or, I'm just an administrator. Or, I'm just a cleaner. Or, I'm just in the startup phase. We have this kind of funny thing to say, like, we're just uh, such and such. Now, granted, I don't hear... Um, like CEOs say, oh, I'm just a CEO. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just a professional sportsman. You know, but maybe even those people, I know we have some of those people among us today, even those people would 
potentially have to qualify. I'm just a CEO of a, co of a company with 50 staff if they're talking to someone who, if they're in that comparison trap with someone with a lot bigger staff. So we can all kind of be there. Uh, but a real person of faith, a salt of the earth type of person, you are not just those things. Because you're also just a, oh, just, I'm just a child of God. I'm just saved by grace. Oh, oh, just, I just, just got access to God's never-ending mercy. It's not a big deal. Just got the power within me that raised Jesus from the dead. You're never just a, you're never just a. Okay, I get it, I, and we want to be humble and I understand the sentiment. And don't worry if you say that today to someone. I'm just a, I, I won't go. Oh, don't say that. But I want to remind us we're more than that as well with God. We're more than that with God. And we're going to take time to explore this. Sorry, explore this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have scientists on stage. We're going to have doctors and carers and. Uh, entrepreneurs and teachers and all sorts of people in different fields of life that take their faith to work or take their faith wherever they find themselves throughout the place because they never just are those things. They are those things but genuine, living it with a genuine faith. And I want to just sort of tee that up uh, this morning. And the way that I want to do that is not so much talk about what we do or how we do it but in the time I've left just talk a little bit about why we want to live like this and base it on the fact of the teachings and the way that Jesus modelled. To do that, I want to look at one story of Jesus in the context of who he was and how it relates to us. If you want to open your Bibles uh, or get out your phones or devices, Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 51. I feel a little bit like Andy the last couple of weeks. I've, kind of, I've, I've opened my physical Bible again. Yeah, I've got like the paper version and uh, I'm actually really enjoying it because I usually do it on my phone and, and you can get distracted a little times. But Andy like sniffs his Bible. I don't do that. It's too far. It's too far. Yeah, I, I know what paper smells like. So, All right, you got it? Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 51. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feasts of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Let me just press pause for a moment. I struggle to read that with a straight face sometimes, that part of the, the Bible, because uh, this is not about parenting, this, this talk. But uh, let me just take a quick side tangent, because many of us can get a little bit discouraged uh, or think, are we a good parent? Uh, or, like, am I doing the right thing by my children? And we can go to bed sometimes at night just going, I think I screwed that up, stuffed that up, I wish I said this, I don't know what to say. Just if, this, just if this is any consolation for you today, if you've got your eyes or you know where your child is, for three days or more, <laughs> you're doing better than Jesus' parents. <laughs> I mean, they lost God. <laughs> I 
like a, I just, it's like that movie Home Alone. Like it's like they're on the plane. Like Kevin, but they're like I can't imagine Mary and Joseph. Like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Forty-seven says, and were and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously, would have been the understatement. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Let me bring a little bit of context to this scripture. Uh, The Bible seems satisfied when you read the teachings of Jesus. This is Luke uh, chapter 2, so it's after Luke chapter 1, which is the Christmas baby story. Uh, And then this is a story about the boy Jesus. And the Bible seems satisfied to kind of brush over his his whole childhood fairly quickly. It seems satisfied by that and sort of just get to the the 30-plus stuff that he was doing. Now, we could... Think about that in two ways and think, well, there's nothing interesting to be gained from Jesus' life, or maybe he wasn't that interesting as a boy, or if it is in here, there's something really worth focusing on. There's something, an intent that it looks like that Jesus wanted to live his life from in an early stage, and that is something important to take notice from. Before any official announcements from John the Baptist, before any sort of preparing the way in the wilderness that John the Baptist did, Uh, about the Messiah coming, Jesus already had a very clear intent on what he wanted to be about and what what God wanted him to do with his life. What Jesus says to his parents is how I believe genuine people of faith live, which is, hey, I can be found. You know where you're going to find me? I can be found getting about my father's Business. It had nothing to do, in Jesus' context it is, but in our context it didn't have anything to do with where Jesus was found, but the fact that he was getting about his father's business is the thing to be gleaned. Hey, you know where you're going to find me? Whatever it is that I do, you're going to find me getting about my father's business. We can be like Mary and Joseph at different points, metaphorically of course, but when we've kind of lost Jesus down the road somewhere three or four days. Have you ever done that? Like maybe you started a business or you started your career or you, uh, you, you've had children and you're like, I'm going to be this type of parent. I want to raise this child for God or I want to do this business for God or I'm going to teach the younger generation about purpose and faith. But sometimes we can get doing those things, but then we realize we've kind of left God behind in it all. And I say that to say I've been there, am there at different points and that's why understanding uh, and having God along on the journey all the time with us is so important. Let's not lose Jesus in what we're doing as well. And I think about the way that I want to live my life. I think about the types of things you would, I don't know if you think about this, but I think about the types of things that you want to said about me. And I, and I think I... I'm starting to care less about the fact that Josh did this or that or he held this position or that one. But I want it said that he went about his life like this in a way that makes a difference because I, like you, want to be about my father's business. And I know this is a church intent on wanting to do that with the people in it as well. And I certainly want to lead one with people in it that are about their father's business. It reminds me uh, so much of what Elise shared last week so beautifully about the fact that we have a choice. You know, we have a choice about what we could be found doing. Like in the scripture she, she shared in Joshua, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
doesn't say, as for me and my house, we have to serve the Lord. It says we will. You're making a choice. You're making a step of faith. You're saying, oh, whatever I do in life, this is going to be about this. Begs the question to me, is there a difference between uh, Jesus' business and ours when it comes to getting about the Father's business? Well, the answer is yes and no. Sorry. Because Jesus had a very specific purpose on earth, which I know I'm not capable of. Uh, when I read the list here, just check yourself here as well whether you're capable of this. Something that uh, I don't think I can carry out, that Jesus sacrificed his life, taking an atonement, full penalty of sin, raising again so that everyone can choose new life if they want to. He ascended to heaven and leaving us with the Holy Spirit. Very quick snapshot. I'm not capable of that. I don't think you are. So that's why we all need Jesus. And that was very specific business that he wanted to get about doing for his father, for the whole love and plan for humanity. But some of the same principles that applies on the way Jesus went about his business, I think also apply to us. I have to be about my father's business. Jesus was saying this to his father. So who was he referring to? Because he was referring to his heavenly father and he was saying that whatever I do on this earth, uh, my business needs to take precedence over any earthly thing. So the question is for us, is the way we carry our life, through our life, what is most important to you? As I mentioned, we might run a business, we might be a teacher, we might be this or that. The question about that is, what for? What, why do we do those things? What for? Why are you those things? What for? This has to be more than just living about like hope as this side hustle or purpose as this like part-time job in the mix of everything else because when it comes to the crunch and everything else is distilled, I want to be found genuine. I want to be found genuine. So as individuals, how do we be like Jesus, I'm talking about just you personally, when you leave this place and you go about your business, how can we be about the Father's business and what can we learn from Jesus, the way he did things? Well, Jesus was tested and he was found to be genuine. The scriptures and stories about Jesus you know, walking around the desert, being tempted by the devil. And the devil's throwing actually scriptures out there, but in very wrong context. But uh, Jesus didn't get sidetracked or distracted by that. He obviously knew the word of God and was able to be able to rebut that with truth in certain circumstances. I think if we're going to be about our father's business, we need to ensure that we don't get distracted and we know our Bible. Biblical literacy is a great way to understand that what we do when we find ourselves in life, we're going to have all sorts of things coming at us in the way uh, that could be half right. But understanding our Bible, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, building a trench of truth in your mind that when you need a resource because everything else is drying up, you, you know what to pull from. And you say, no, this is what I'm doing in life. This is the conviction I have. And this is what I'm going to go do. And when you do those things, I believe, will be found genuine when we're tested. The second one is Jesus regularly flipped the script. So when he went into an environment, Jesus changed the atmosphere. Wherever he went, you could look at all the stories. There's something happening and then Jesus rocks up and then something different happens. 
He, he left places better than when he found them. He was into change and transformation. And I think if we are doing anything in life and we're going to be about our father's business, we have to be like change agents. We, we want to see change. We want to help that happen. We want to see it in our own life, but we also want to help other people experience change as well. You know, it's like a, a challenge for you. Let me just boil this one right down to be simple. Like a challenge to you, the environments that you walk into this week. Yeah, you might not experience massive transformation straight away, but like how are you flipping the script with what's going on? You know, I live with like a very simple uh, practical tool in my own head that whenever I walk into an environment, I think about am I going to be a temperature gauge or am I going to be a thermostat? A temperature gauge reflects the current temperature. It's hot. It's cold. That's what a temperature gauge tells you. Oh, this is boring. Oh, why do we have to be here? Oh, you know, like we can mimic the current tone in any environment or a thermostat raises things to where it needs to be. And I don't talk, don't walk around being fakely rigid positive, like with all those one-liner quotes on your coffee mug. That's not what I'm saying necessarily. You can do that, but live that out as well. You can do that, but I'm talking about where does, ask yourself, where does this, where is this environment? Where does it need to be? That could be your home. That could be uh, at the school gate. That could be in your workplace, around the water cooler. Wherever it may be, I just want to challenge you to change the temperature because to do our father's business is to not leave places the same. And that is a challenge that I uh, take on and I want to encourage you to take that on as well. And Jesus engaged with people. He engaged with people. So yes, I know he withdrew from people at different points but let's not make withdrawal the goal. He withdrew from communities because he was spending so much time with people. So you withdraw to refresh yourself to go back in and help people. So the goal here is not to withdraw from community. And this, this goes beyond like personality boundaries. Because I, I know you're like, oh, that's easy. You can just spend time with people all day. No, I can't. Uh, and, and you might be like, oh, yeah, I just got one good friend. That's a, that's a person. So don't, don't withdraw from that. So it's not about introvert, extrovert. The goal is to uh, be around people and keep engaging people. I think to be fair, where do we want to be found when we're doing our father's business? We've got to be found around people. And whatever those relationships are, whatever that sort of social universe looks like for you, I want to encourage you to, to take time to think about this week, pray into the, this week. How am I going to change the atmosphere? How am I going to be genuine in that space? wherever we uh, find ourselves. I'll email out some of those uh, things as well throughout the week uh, if you're part of our email database and you can look at those again. So what happens though as I finish and the band can start to come on up and... So what happens when individuals go about their father's business but then they get together with other real people? That's called church. And church is, as we know, not a building, it's a body. But two things can happen when people get together, real people of faith get together. Actually, the Bible insinuates that uh, when people get together, some people can be missed. Their gift can be missed. The Bible says that uh, take special attention for the unseen gifts because they are the most important or some of the most important. So there is a chance that when we all get together, that what we have to bring or offer or our change or whatever it may be can actually be missed. So I want to encourage us. And we haven't always done that well in church culture. 
But the other way to look at that is that when people get together and every gift is recognised, what I believe happens is everybody matters. And it brings out the beautiful vibrancy of God's church and the full display of how love can operate both here and across into the community as well. And I think if real people carry themselves with a genuine faith into wherever they go, I actually think our footprint or our impact is far more than imaginable. So real people. You got you, one, you guys have already got what it takes. People are saying it. People are saying it everywhere. They're saying it to me anyway. Full of real people. Your, your presence is refreshing. You've got what it takes. You're more than just a whatever you want to add to that line. And I want to encourage you to dig into that idea this week about what is my business, but actually what's my father's business and how do I help align those things this week. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.